Welcome back to our channel or to our podcast, wherever you are listening or watching us from. And uh, today we've had our first guest, girls! Finally, I got a guest. And what a guest, guest that was, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I actually enjoyed it with all my heart. That was super cool. It was amazing. I actually didn't expect it to go so well. I learned so much Oh, about uh, what about um, Indonesian culture? Mm-hmm. It's actually mm-hmm. something exotic for me. You know, I like exotic things, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exotic languages as mm-hmm. well. So it's amazing. Definitely, I really enjoyed uh, Yula coming to our place. Yeah, and also when another person answers your questions, you also start asking yourself the same questions and uh, learn something about yourself and so yeah it was real a good friendly vibe and i hope you will be enjoying that too so keep it going and see how it worked for all of us hi and welcome to another episode of our podcast where language enthusiasts talk about learning and stuff it's three of us here i'm zoya i'm taya and i'm ksusha in this chaotic world we all in need of safe space to speak one's mind love and enjoy life because that's the only way to stay sane while zooming through chaos Hello. Hi. Hello. How Hi. are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed listening to your uh, podcast. I've been listening to some of them back to back. It feels like I, I've been having conversations with friends over something, you know, like um, talking about things that we enjoy. So you ladies are doing a fabulous job. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And yeah. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's an honor, actually. Really, really an honor. Thank you. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? How is the weather like at your place? In my place, it's pretty much the same. Uh, I'm now in Indonesia, so it's like sunny, uh, warm, like plus 28. I enjoy the weather here. I love this. Um, yeah, wearing, you know, like summer dresses makes me so happy. Like why wear <laughs> anything else if you could just wear summer dresses? What about you ladies? How's the weather in your place? The opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like they're like, all like, wearing sweaters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> warm stuff. So pretty so. chilly. Yeah. So, yeah, gloomy, rainy, typical Russian autumn. Okay. I'm happy about it, to be honest. As Yulia mentioned, she likes, like, wearing summer dress and stuff. I, like, I feel naked if I'm wearing just a t-shirt, <laughs> leaving home, you know. So, I like layers, as now, for example. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I don't have any summer dresses left, so I'm actually pretty happy <laughs> with the weather as well. I'm uh, in front of my window and I actually see the rain. Um, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> Logic ladies, you know. <laughs> People ask me, do you miss rainy weather? I'm like, no. <laughs> but you're gonna have some, right? There's gonna be a rainy season. Uh, rainy season's coming soon. It's gonna be my first rainy season here. Um, I don't know what to expect, but people say, well, you you get tired of rains, but to be honest, I don't mind. Whatever, whatever comes goes for me. So yeah. Okay, as long as you can wear a summer dress, it's okay. At least inside, yes. If I'm wearing a summer dress inside, this is what makes me happy. You trick your mind this way, right? Yeah, 100%. 
I'm still in Indonesia. I can go outside without my umbrella, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, why are you there? Like business pleasure, both vacation. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm here um, to just enjoy life, you know, in general. Like, I'm doing pretty much the same thing that I used to be doing when I lived in Russia. I mean, like, teaching people, right? Um, I study the language here, which is fun. I love this. Um, I enjoy traveling, seeing places around, just, like, living my best life, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a Good dream. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's actually so one of our phrases, yes. Yeah, so what is the language phrases. you learn currently? You're learning currently there. Indonesian. Uh, Indonesian. And I know a couple of phrases in uh, Balinese. And actually, this Thursday, I am uh, going on an event which is called Bahasa Bali breakfast so i am hoping to pick some uh, phrases up there the languages are very different and like indonesian to me it was a surprise that it's actually used as lingua franca for people you know because there are so many islands like thousands uh, thousands of islands here and people use different languages everywhere so indonesian serves as a lingua franca and people here i mean balinese people yeah the local people they use balinese at home so they don't converse using Bahasa Indonesia, which is fun. So there are like different languages. And sometimes they tell me I'm not at that level yet. Like, but some people say who are experienced, like, you know, locals, they say you can clearly tell where the person is from based on their accent, based on how they speak Indonesian. So like there is subtle difference. Maybe it's not that subtle, but I'm not able to perceive it just yet. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. Indonesian sounds like new English, to be honest, for Indonesia, as uh, you can also tell where a person is from based on the kind of English they're using. So, fun. Maybe, maybe. It, 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 it kind of sounds like that. And also, Indonesian is very similar to Malay. I mean, Malay language. We went to Malaysia, uh, we went to the cinema to watch the Oppenheimer, and they had Malay subtitles. I was like, wow, that's the same phrase as in Indonesian. I know this phrase too. This phrase sounds almost like the same phrase in Indonesian. Some phrases, of course, are very different, but like there is similarity between them, and Indonesian has been heavily influenced by Malay. So, so basically, you have two for the price of one. Yeah, that's what I was uh, joking about. I remember, you know, I, I felt this um, wave of excitement when I realized that I could use the same, like, greetings, the same thank yous and stuff. Uh, and I texted my family saying, like, look, these are the phrases that I say in Indonesian and they are the same in Malay. I mean, probably not the same, but to me, <laughs> they sounded pretty much like the same phrases. Super, super. So uh, can you kind of sum up what languages do you generally speak? Uh, we've heard of... Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I speak uh, Russian, English, uh, and I speak a teeny tiny bit of Indonesian and a teeny tiny bit of Spanish. So I am very passionate about the language, uh, uh, the language learning in general. Uh, I watched your podcast about being a language enthusiast, and I would identify myself as a language enthusiast just because... Um, I like learning the languages, not necessarily mastering the languages. I just love the process. It actually was one of our questions. Do you consider yourself a language enthusiast? And you like cleared I it do. up. Yes, I thank do. you. <laughs> I do, I do. I love languages. I love, I, I appreciate the written word. I appreciate the spoken word. And, you know, I do that. With English, it's a little bit different because it's like tightly connected with my, um, like, 
professional thing. Yeah, what I do mm -hmm. for a living. So I need to like have a relatively good level. Mm -hmm. But with other languages, I just do that for fun, just for the sake of it, just for the sake of pleasure. And yeah, not mastering, not getting good at it, just like deriving the joy of being able to use a couple of phrases here, a couple of phrases there. I don't know. Do you, do you ladies think that you need to master the language? Is it like the thing that you should to be a language? Uh, in general, or just in general, no, in general, no. Well, it depends no. if you need to do it. Yes. <laughs> like for your job, for example, um, to be, uh, to be an English teacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, somebody, uh, no, it's, I, I don't think so. No, as long as it's fun, you have to. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. We are actually like here, a mix of all the different languages that we can speak or sometime tried to speak. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's all about not mastering. It's about enjoying the right as, uh, for me. So we're just doing that. Yeah, for fun, just to feel that rush of excitement that you can say something and people will understand you. Oh my God, like uh, someday, maybe, I hope I will learn Japanese. But for now, I just know a couple of phrases and I'm like, oh my God, I can use them. So <laughs> that's it. Mm -hmm. well, maybe by Daya knows Japanese, so so she's learning that. Knows. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning it. Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing with the word no. It kind of sets unrealistic expectations. Know a language. Well, you can use a language. You can, you know, operate in a language. But can you know it? Speak mm. in a language, right? But like, but I, this is a common collocation in both English and Russian. And I think it kind of sets the bar way too high. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to know a language. Yeah, especially in Russian, they come to me like, I want to know. And I'm like, you know what? Might not You'll never know. know. <laughs> yes. There are always surprises, even coming from yeah. English after 20 plus years of studying it still. Yeah, so, that's true. No. Yeah, it's just about like there is no point where you know it's like 100% for me if you can speak that you already know it so yeah. it's just like my way of saying speak so mm -hmm. it's okay so if I can speak even a couple of phrases I can like introduce myself and say I can say uh, I know the language and all the I don't know all the European uh, citizens that I met they always say I know Italian German French mm -hmm. and stuff and like how how much they're not shy okay yeah, I can introduce myself in Italian, so I know the Italian. Like, mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you, yes. And yeah, their confidence. That's the confidence. I have a question, but I want to start from like far yeah, away. Yeah, sure. uh, so anyways, um, as we're talking about that, you can, well, you can know language, but still it's not a must. Um, I guess learning a language is a kind of a relationship, but if you think about a relationship, any kind of relationship, romantic, friendship, whatever, you never know a person like 100%, right? You always learn something new. Even for us, we've been friends for some time before we started this podcast, and then there are surprises coming your way, you know? <laughs> uh, good, bad, neutral, whatever. So um, talking about relationship, is English your first love? Or another language is your first love? I don't really see it like that. I've never thought of that like that. English has been with me like a significant part of my life for a very long time. So it's kind of hard to imagine my life without it. So yeah, it is very important. A lot of my identity is tied to English. A lot of my professional self-esteem, my personal self-worth is tied to 
my command of the language, I mean, of English. Um, I wouldn't say it's like romantic relationship necessarily. I see it more of a, I don't know how to describe it. Business to be, relationship? You know, maybe, maybe a little bit of a business relationship. Business exchange, it. basically. Uh, basically, yeah. Just exploiting it to the fullest. I, I, I don't know. For me, when I was when I started learning English, it kind of started as you know, like a little gateway from uh, all of my like daily chores. Just because my mom would let me watch something, provided it's in English, so I would just watch series, videos, anything at all, and I I would just sell it as English studies. So I kind of you know cheated the system. I felt like so yeah, it was nice. Did a little bit of that, um, but then I, I really love learning the language, reading anything in English, watching stuff in English. So yeah, I wouldn't say like Spanish yet. This is the second language that I started learning when I studied, studied university. I wouldn't say it's like, oh, I had another, you know, like thing, a fling with Spanish. Mm -hmm. No, I just started <laughs> learning it. Same with Indonesian. It's like, I just started learning Indonesian. Maybe, mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, continuing this idea that you introduced, Zoya, about like languages being romantic partners, I think it can create a very twisted perception of me and my love life. How? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I But, said like any kind of relationship, friendship, whatever. <laughs> I consider yeah. English to be my friend. It's always there for me. Okay, mm -hmm. I see. <laughs> English yeah. to try to be a romantic partner, you know? <laughs> Let's just put it out there like French or Spanish I guess or okay. other you know They're very passionate yeah passionate yeah. languages well again everybody's different maybe you don't need a passionate partner no, no. judgment <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm very chill with my language partners I love learning I love spending time with them yeah but it's not like oh I'm so I am passionate about language learning but I just These just don't match in my head. But I see where you're coming from. You just spend so much time with the languages, so you kind of, you know, start developing those feelings, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> no, I'm sound twisted somehow. Okay. My question backfired. Girls, you go. <laughs> so what? Uh, what's... Um... The business you are doing with your languages. <laughs> How do you explore it? Okay, that's going it? darker and darker. Under no, the covers. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I train English teachers for a living. That's my, like, bread and butter, right? So my I, teachers, I teach can I ask? Sure. It started with, uh, like, people, students, and then... Uh, <laughs> and then it came to teachers somehow. I don't know why. Well, not people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, just students, adults, kids, you name it. Just, like, general English courses, exam preparation courses and stuff. And then, at one point um, in my life, I started blogging about English language teaching. And eventually, I managed to create a platform that attracted a lot of teachers. And then I quit my job. I started my own business and my clients. I, I tried to convert my followers who are teachers into my clients. So I started teaching teachers. Um, and it kind of developed, I did a little bit of like teacher training in, in the school where I used to work. So I worked as assistant director of studies, which implied that I had to like observe lessons, conduct seminars. So I did like some teacher training even back there. Um, and now being a self-employed teacher trainer, it's like a thing that I do all the time. 
Um, so yeah, uh, I English, uh, coming back to uh, business that I do with my languages, it's English only. So I just um, use it as a tool to talk to teachers, to run my seminars, to conduct my trainings, to teach teachers English, because, well, you would agree with me here that even though they are teachers and they have excellent level of English, there is always something that they can learn. So I'm there to provide them with these learning opportunities, you know, like high level English and methodology. This is what I do. And for other languages, no business relation at all. Pleasure only. (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for English somehow, but okay. Um, How long did it take you to get from that initial point where you started uh, developing your own business to that state that you are having now? How much time uh, did it take? If you think about like my teaching experience, I started teaching how many years ago? Goodness gracious, 11 years ago. And uh, I started training teachers. Let me think. So I've been doing that for three years here and like four years, like seven years. So uh, I've been self-employed since 2020. So Mm -hmm. three-ish years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I did a little bit of like educational academic management, even back in the school where I used to work. So yeah, somewhere like seven-ish years of teacher training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have these uh, extra skills of managing uh, that um, made it possible to create such business that you have. I would say that I lack management skills. Uh, and, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I do. Do you struggle uh, when you need to like I organize do. it? Yes, I do. I find it very challenging. And Ksusha, by the way, is helping me out big time. Um, <laughs> Ksusha is my uh, managing director. She helps me manage things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's tough for me. Uh, I, I I'm used to thinking of myself as a teacher primarily, right? I identify as a teacher, and then when teacher training uh, came into the scene, it made things a little bit more complicated because there is power dynamics. There are things which as an educational manager, I had to do, which were very new to me. Um, there were a couple of skills I acquired, you know, like giving feedback on the lesson that I observed or conducting a seminar and making it stick with the teacher. So it's, yes, a, a lot of new skills have been acquired, but it's, it's tough. Managing your own business is no mean feat. There are a lot of things that, you know, I get bogged down with, but it's fun. In the long run, it's, it's fun. Actually, whatever Yulia mentioned actually kept me from being self-employed for some time because I like I, I only like started imagining, oh my God, I need to do this with the students myself instead of, you know, mm-hmm. my interest at language school or wherever. And like, oh, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to. And still I do also struggle. I don't have the business, but I am self-employed and it, you know, it takes a toll sometimes when you need to or those things you don't want to do you don't know how to do or something else because I also firstly identify myself as a teacher and then there is like this managerial whatever manager stuff yeah, business side of things yeah yeah so, so I want to ask you a question why do you say that you don't have a business if you are self-employed this is business <laughs> <laughs> okay a bit of psychological uh, reflection over here let's go <laughs> yeah no I wonder you know it was like a point of no return for me. Like 
a milestone when I realized what actually what I'm doing right now as a self-employed teacher is actually business because yes, you do I find your own clients, correct? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do. Of course, we use different um, means for that. Yeah, I think because uh, in Russian, especially, we have different uh, words for it. Like, mm. as far as I know, it's like entrepreneur is right. the person who has a business. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a self-employed person. So it's a bit different. Like a I can still work. Yeah, I can. Thank you. <laughs> I can still learn. I can still um, work for other people. So I don't mind it okay. if I somebody, you know, um, oh my god, presents me with an opportunity to do so. I don't mind it. I can do it. But as far as I don't know, as far as I understand, if, uh, for example, you, you just work for yourself. That's it. It's like full stop. Sometimes people invite me over and they tell me, Yuli, can you conduct a webinar for teachers working in our school? So I kind of do a little bit but of freelancing. Like, it's too. like one one time thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like a gig. Like people, for example, hire me, is it going to be like for a course or for long or something? So you, I, as far as I understand, you don't want to do it anymore. Or maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't mind doing it. Like the longest course that I did was uh, nine weeks. So we had a nine week course. Um I mean, in my, you know, like solopreneur career. Um, the thing is, the reason why I became self-employed is not because I wanted to grow my own business, but I just got to a point in my life where I felt like I'm fed up with working in school with all of the extra duties that I had to juggle. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something new. Um, and then we'll just switch these extra duties for other extra duties and we'll juggle them. <laughs> all of these duties, they kind of, they didn't, you know, like really... How do I put that? It's not that I felt all the burden of all of these duties at once. They start accumulating little by little. It all started with me just going online and saying, hey, I think I'm going to launch some groups. And then it all, you know, started from there. People just started transferring money using my bank cards and that, that's about it. And then gradually... I started kind of, you know, developing things, optimizing things and stuff. But I, I recently had an exchange with uh, a very successful um, um, business owner. And she was like, and what do you do? We just met. You meet people all the time here. And she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I have my own teaching, uh, teacher training thing. And she's like, do you mean you have your own business? And I'm like, well, actually, yes, I do have my own business. So, you know, it kind of felt like a pep talk she was giving mm -hmm, to me because mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm actually self-employed. I do a little mm -hmm. bit of that, a little bit of that. She's like, oh, you mean you have a business? Yes, mm -hmm. I do. It kind of it felt good. <laughs> okay, the, the stuff you try to do on me now. All right. Uh, I have a, And also, uh, it's a joke, like... It's a joke, but Yulia, you don't have to sound so successful, okay? Uh, because when you said, like, I just went online and told people I'm going to launch some groups and they started transferring money. You know what? Some teachers struggle. I know. <laughs> Can you please <laughs> elaborate no. on this side that it's not always like this? You need to have yeah. your base. That's true, like that's you need true, to have though. your audience, I would say. So you first right. build the audience and Is then audience, like, you turn though? this audience into... Um, some actual clients so I believe it like this yes because I recently wrote the same uh, post since like I'm launching groups and I have zero <laughs> things over yeah. there so and yes, then it don't on you that you're not Yula right <laughs> okay <laughs> and yeah this is why Ty asked you like how long did it take you to you know launch all of it right. and first I guess you like 
grew can i say like grew your audience or something yeah. or like prepared them for like you know guys now i'm gonna do this and they're like oh okay let's do it right yeah, yeah. so you know, we don't say that you are uh, just no, no, it, like from the middle of, in the middle of nowhere it's like out of the blue but yeah. no yes we understand that you put effort into that you um yeah invested and then it's uh, uh went to the groups yes. and everything and actually Enjoy the fruit of my labor uh, answering that question like from my first post in my blog to my first client it took me three years Oh thank you thank, thank you very that. much <laughs> we're gonna make it sure. we're gonna make a short out of it for sure. <laughs> because blogging is hard like i don't do any do i no i don't um yeah so it's hard and if you wanna then like you know at the back of your mind you're like you know i'm gonna start blogging but then i'm gonna maybe like you know sell something to these people like which is okay guys we need to earn um money <laughs> to live mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it takes time now i guess it's much faster but you said like in 20 20 so now i guess it's, it might take a year or two again depends on situation depends on a professional so anyways. but it's still like it's not uh one minute i don't know you know now with things changing and like social media algorithm changing and i think like a lot of people say right now now it's weird so yeah of course it doesn't take like it, it takes a minute I, I'm not gonna lie. I before I made any money out of my blog, it was like good three years or something like that. Um, but I come from a privileged position where I have a platform and the audience that uh, trusts me. That's true. So yeah, but again, it it takes years. Um, long, long painful. Yeah, and you, you need to pat yes. yourself on the back for actually doing all of that for three years before before it started. Yes. <laughs> well, to be honest, it started in the pandemic, as far as I understand. We had you mean my uh, my blog before that? No, I started before. my blog in twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah, when I got the position of a uh, like assistant director of studies and. Um, um, I felt like I wanted to win my colleagues' trust and respect. And I started the blog to kind of prove them that I was the one to be uh, listened to. <laughs> because I had, like, you know, like some insecurities, um, some problems with, uh, like... Some overachiever uh, stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, like managerial things were not my strong suit back then and are not my strong suit even now. So I, I was... Uh, hoping that by the time I get 1,000 followers on my blog, it's going to revolutionize everything. It didn't revolutionize anything. Revolutionize, but but a little bit later and in the way that you could not expect. (laughs) It's true. It's true. So I I, I was just hoping that it would just prove to my colleagues that, oh, look at her. She actually has something valuable to share. So yeah, I didn't do that because I wanted to earn money because I had a full-time job, which paid well. Uh, But it was about proving myself and others that... You see, not coming from a good place. It's not a very no, good inspiration story. It's not okay because I can really relate. This is how I started to learn in English. It was also not from a good place. I just I actually envied a friend of mine who could speak English. I was like, okay, I can do that as well. Like whatever. Yeah. So totally normal. Don't worry about that one. That's yeah. why you two get on well so well. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't go from a good place. Okay, you get it. <laughs> Oh, that you're learning from your mistakes, I think. Because I guess you try not to do it the same way you used to. Mm, yeah, I would say so. I, I I like 
to think that I'd like to think that I have changed and have grown as a person, but still, you know, some things are there and yeah, just like developing your blog, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It needs some time, so <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of dedication, but well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like to say that I have grown and become a better person. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's circle back a bit, uh, back to the foreign languages that you speak. So you right. said that you have English, Spanish, and Indonesian. So the English you started uh, to learn at school, I guess. Right, correct. Even before school, I think. I think it was kindergarten or something like that. Uh, yeah. So did you enjoy it from the start? Did you fall in love with like immediately or was it some occasion? You know what? I don't really remember this budding sensation of love and fascination. It, I, I don't know why English apart from other subjects was relatively easy for me. So I could remember like big chunks of information in a foreign language, which I couldn't do with any other subject. So I would just, it, it, it was just easier. And uh, when it came to the crunch, you know, like in the 10th grade, when people start asking you about the exams that you're about to take, I'm like, I guess I'm going to do something related to English because there is nothing else that kind of tickles my fancy. This feels like something that I'm good at, so I might as well go that direction. Um, I, I loved learning English and I did learn a lot and uh, I'm very grateful to the school teacher that I had, which noticed, I don't want to say talent, but she noticed this inclination that I had. I don't know yeah, like you were how to do that. Mm -hmm. and, like an she open kinda, mindset. Right, yes. right. And she kind of facilitated growth. She would give me like extra tasks. She would arrange things like extra lessons for me and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, it worked. Um, but it still sounds know. like Yulia was born a language enthusiast, to be honest. <laughs> I think so. Like, I yes. could remember a chance. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Maybe, maybe. Could be, could be true. All right, what okay. do you like about English, actually? What, what is the most interesting thing that... Interesting. I feel like I'm a different person when I speak English because if oh, I, I think if we had this conversation, yeah, if we had this conversation in Russian, I, I would imagine it would pan out very differently. Um, I don't know. I think that my English speaking version is a little bit more polished, you know, like fewer mistakes, less idiotic jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Damn it, I love them. <laughs> For me, it's so, the opposite. So, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's. I I love the fact that I can kind of switch between the two. It's fun, a, a legitimate excuse to have a split personality disorder. You know. Yes, yes, yes. This is my favorite and joke. Again, we're like not saying it's okay and good, and you should have one. <laughs> Just you know, disclaimer. But it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite joke uh, from the university years. Um, that you may remember that that's like the person who speaks a couple of languages has different personalities like he has split personality in their head because you kind of a bit change when you speak other language so I would definitely say that I'm a bit different with Spanish and English and Russian for sure yes but uh, in Spanish I'm more a bit and I don't know passionate or something so yeah, yeah. it's actually a quote by Goethe a German writer <laughs> um you are as many personalities as many languages you speak, as oh, far right. as I can translate it from German. <laughs> That's the thing. So English just sounds fun. Doesn't it sound beautiful? I mean, it does. beautiful language. I love it. People who don't understand it. 
Are there people like <sighs> so that? Difficult. Yeah, yeah uh, I think it's tightly connected uh, with the fact that people have to learn English. Mm-hmm. And that burden really, like, yeah, hits off all the yeah. possible love uh, that can be there. So I believe that uh, this necessity, this... Uh, yeah, whenever you ask people, like, well, like, what about languages? And almost everybody says, like, oh, French is so beautiful, Spanish is so beautiful. And I'm like, you're speaking English at the moment. What about English? Mm, you know, no. And don't even start me when I, like, ask people about German. They're like, what? German? Beautiful. And I'm like, oh, my God. For me, after English being beautiful... German is the second one. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Spanish comes only in the third place. Okay, I will. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> I will accept that. <laughs> I will cry a bit after. <laughs> I will accept that, basically. <laughs> All right, and coming back to Spanish. Uh, so you started to learn it. Why? <laughs> because my university pushed me to pick pushed a second you? language. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had bad no people, choice, bad like, people. Yeah. As a foreign language major, you have to choose the second language, and I mm-hmm. picked Spanish. You're lucky if you can choose, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you are just left with no alternatives, right? Exactly. You're just stuck with the language. Like the poor guy with an African language, which is spoken only <laughs> yes, one time. Already, yes. And uh, what other languages uh, were you choosing from? German. Uh, yeah, there was an option to choose German and uh, Danish. And Danish. actually, yeah, a lot of people were like, I'm not learning Danish. Like, what's the point? But like, turns out uh, students who uh, studied Danish, they had so many exchange programs available, unlike That's German or Spanish. And they were like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to spend six months in Denmark. I'm like, okay, good for you. So, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it's cool. Okay, okay. So, uh, why, so did why did choose? you choose yeah. <laughs> Spanish? <laughs> why I not German? <laughs> why not German? That's a good question. Because I studied a little bit of Spanish. I think I attended like a crash course back in school, just like a couple of weeks. And we also stu- studied la- Latin. Is that the way to pronounce oh, it? Latin. Yeah, Latin. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that would make things easier, which didn't. But I thought <laughs> <laughs> I might as well do that because it's like kind of related i don't know okay 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 why did you choose the languages that you chose in university what was the reason for your picks i actually chose spanish because i fell in love with that it's like yeah i had quite a big range that you can help me out but we for sure had french german uh spanish italian some uh, like uh, Slavic languages, Slavic languages, yeah. So we okay. had a pretty big range, but by the time I decided to go to university and I decided to, yeah, have the bachelor degree in languages, I already started to watch um, infamous series Physica or Chimica, which is like physics or chemistry, uh, about Spanish teenagers, I guess. Uh, and all the fun that they are having there, which is impossible in Russia. <laughs> yeah, and I just fell in love with the sound of it. I really loved the sound, and I'm still in love with that. Whatever you say, Zoya, <laughs> I'm <really What>? <laughs> Spanish <What>? sounds great. <laughs> I'm not it saying it doesn't course. sound great. I'm saying that other languages sound uh, more great to me. That's it. 
yeah the, you see Yulia why we're asking these questions like what's your first love whatever because we all fell in love with the languages we well at least one of the languages or all of yeah. them that we I mean learning. I think it's pretty safe to say that well when you get to this level it's indicative of your love of learning languages no matter the language well probably it's going to be your first language that you're going to get to like a good level a better level than other languages however i know a lot of people who successfully get to like c1 c2 in all the languages that they get their hands on N not the case with me but like i know that it's possible that you get like to the same level right mm -hmm. didn't happen with me and spanish uh, clearly but still i i know that some people who managed to do that and yeah clearly we all love learning the languages. We get the kick out of it. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just, okay, my first language, my, my first bird language is English, Spanish, German, whatever. And you just roll with it. Okay, I just want to mention and want to make clear that when Yulia says that she can speak a little of Spanish, she is actually being very, very modest <laughs> because she can speak not a bit of it <laughs> yeah it's not c1 for sure but you can clearly express your uh, and it's not uh, b2 for sure and it's not b1 for sure and it's not a2 for sure so come it's like on, come on, come on. you're yeah. learning in the a2 group it should be a2 <laughs> well a2 <laughs> yes that's true what about you Diazoi? how did you pick your second language was it the university yeah yeah. Um, I picked uh, languages that I'm familiar with, and they mm. are all G German and English. And as an exotic uh, like exception for that, I chose the third language, and it was a Slavic one, a Czech. Okay. And cool. I fell in love with it too, but now I'm kind of not using it really. But uh, I enjoyed the time when I was learning it. Uh, and I went to a language course to Prague, and it was amazing. So nice. I love every language I speak. And I'm uh, struggling now with the Japanese hieroglyphs because I'm striving now to go to Japan and to okay. enjoy that culture to its fullest. Yeah. So. I was thinking about that, that language kind of serves as a key to open some things which are otherwise are, are not there to be accessed, you know? Like when you have the language, you can kind of open this door and get your hands on some content in that language, which is fun. That's yes, true. for sure, cool. right? It sounds like the language that are not that popular get exchange programs somehow. <laughs> because Danish and Czech, like... What about other languages? You chose wrong. <laughs> you chose wrong. No, I chose between Bulgarian, Polish, and Czech. Uh, Serbian, Serbian. Oh, my. And Czech. Oh. So I chose Czech you because chose right. it's closer to German. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being on the safe side. <laughs> so, oh, my God. It's, it's, it's a Slavic language, Czech, but uh, there are many words that uh, they... Uh, got from German, like uh, for example, Kufer, and you have Koffer in German, mm -hmm. yes, and it's a what suitcase? is it? Suitcase, yes, a suitcase. So uh, everyone was watching me like this. 
Where do you know that word from? It's a new <laughs> word for us. <laughs> Not for me. Mm-hmm. Learn German. <laughs> Learn some German. Right. <laughs> this is life hack I'm using with Spanish. So sometimes the Spanish word is really similar to English one. And I guess Yulia also is using this but life hack. Yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my secret to sounding A2 in Spanish is just use... English words with um, my um, version of a Spanish accent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> yeah. It works, you see. I trick people into thinking that I speak Spanish. No, <laughs> I pretend. I pretend. But yeah, that's fun. Zoe, what about yeah. you? How did you choose your second language? Um, it's a fun story. I think I told it somewhere or not. But anyways... Um, in nutshell, we only had to choose between German and French uh, for our second foreign language. And we were terrified of a French teacher that we knew mm. would teach us. Uh, somehow we still ended up with her, but for another subject anyways. But it was like, well, we don't want to have her as our French teacher. And we chose German. And I, again, fell in love with the language. We had the best teacher Taya is also the best German teacher I had, but it was my first best German teacher. Um, yeah, it was so fun. And because German and English are kind of similar still, um, yeah, it was kind of easy. It's like close to English and close to Russian because they have cases like we do in Russian, which we don't in English. So yeah, I just fell in love. But then for our sec- oh, sorry, third foreign language, we had no choice and it was Spanish. <laughs> That's why I don't like it. <laughs> I was pushed as a unit. I was pushed. So yeah, it was also fun, not really informative, but fun. Okay. And this is like my first impression of Spanish was like we were like singing songs and a bit of dancing even going on. And then Ooh. not so much learning, you know. It was very different from German. This is the way uh, Spaniards are learning the language. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> my type of learning, to be honest. I'm very, you know, I'm very German. Nordic. Exactly. Nordic. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, yeah. I see. I see. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. And we haven't talked about Indonesian. Tell us how you decided to go into that, uh, that one. Because it's right. not that obvious for it's every not a person must. who's living. Yeah. 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 It's funny that you ask because I have a list of things. <laughs> a list of reasons. I came prepared. Okay. So I have eight. Eight reasons. Oh, my. <laughs> reason number one. <laughs> reason number one, it gets me out. Okay. So um, I love meeting people and then learning a language kind of gives me a platform to do that in a meaningful way because the school where I study they organize all sorts of festivals like I went to a poetry slam with them I went to um national independence day I had a competition and public speaking and it's all there because of the school so if I didn't pursue classes there I would miss out on the, those amazing opportunities. I also kind of met people um, that I wouldn't have met otherwise. I mean, like, for example, one of uh, my group mates in the language school, he has his own business here. Um, there is no way I'm going to casually meet businessmen <laughs> on the street. It's not like something that, you know, I mean, it's it's very unlikely that I would just establish this meaningful connection and bond over, like, common experience with a person who I have very little in common with apart from learning Indonesian. So it's fun. 
Um, so I want to stress out yeah. here. So you're going to a school and you're having a group lessons. Yeah. So this is the way the platform. I, I yeah, did like offline classes. It is an offline class. So I have to walk to school. Um, and um, I did a crash course, which is like 40 hours. And it was a group class every day, two hours a day. So we did a little bit of that. At the end of this course, we went to the market where they gave us some money, a shopping list. And they told us, this is your exam. So go and oh buy some God. stuff. Total it was immersion. so cool. This is so cool. I loved it. And then when the course was over, uh, I was like kind of there on uh, by myself because my group mates said, yeah, you know what? I feel like I'm going to take a break. And I understand why, because it's intense. Can you imagine like four weeks every day, two hours a day? Like every day, even weekends. No, apart from Saturday and Sunday, but still it's exhausting. I mean... This is a very intensive learning routine, especially if you took a break from your learning. Like if your last class that you took was like back in university, like 20 years ago, and then you do 40 hours of that, you're going to get tired very quickly. I'm, I just enjoyed every second of it. So I didn't mind like continuing, but everyone was like, I'm taking a break. I think I'm going to take a break. Um, so I continued doing uh, one-to-one classes after that. Uh, so I've done... I think 80 more hours of one-to-one and I'm now on my, yeah, like, I don't know. I lost count. I did 80 hours, more than 80 hours of one-to-one. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still, I mingle with the students in the school. I mingle with the teachers. Like, uh, I invited them to my birthday party the other day. So, it was oh, fun. So, see. even if I, I don't study within a group, I still get a chance to meet people um, and it actually goes in line with what we discussed in the episode of moving when it's like the emergent uh the what is it living uh in the language is not the key Uh, and your example is actually showing that you are actually making effort yes you're inviting people you're going there you're going out there to socializing right Yes. yes 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 like I, my husband, yeah, he, he lives with me. He speaks a couple of phrases that he picked up from me. He's not making this effort. Although we are in the same environment, quite mm-hmm. literally, the same freaking room. It's not judgmental. It's not making an effort. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he has his own thing going on, but we all have different priorities. And I understand that learning a language requires time, energy, money as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, yeah and it's sure. your choice uh, anyways so you choose yeah. to do that or not to mm-hmm. do that for sure yeah yes. yeah true. Okay. so come back to your list please yep. yeah like i volunteered at an event as an mcu just because people who work in school invited me over they took me on like a field trip so it's fun i i saw so many things i have seen so many things just because i attend lessons so socializing right number two professional curiosity I love that. Uh, This is my first experience of learning in a non-monolingual class. And because if you think about it, I've always taught English to speakers of Russian. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see how they approach things. Like, just just curious. Also checking whether my teaching principles work with a language which is different from English. Because Indonesian is very different from English. I mean, the the structure of the language. Come again? Do they? Do they work? Yeah, they they do work. The principles work. Um, Yeah, like communicative language teaching works. Uh, Running with the student, not the book, you know, 
talking about the things which matter to the students, using principles of lexical approach and not just like bombarding the students with the grammar. It all works. It's pretty much the same. I don't know if it would work with languages like Japanese or Chinese or Korean where the or Arabic for that matter, where the they they don't use the what do you call them? Help me out. Where right. they Symbols? Yeah, yeah, like writing? the symbols, the writing, right? Right. Here you need to drill. I mean, like I would imagine with Japanese, that you would have to do a lot of drilling just to remember, just to like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. With Indonesians, I mean, writing in Indonesian is relatively simple. It's like a phonetic language. Whatever you hear, you just write it down, and chances are you're going to write the word. You're going to name it. A that. dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. And so, yeah, checking the principles and then also mingling with the teachers um, just because, well, I asked them about, okay, so how does educational system structured in, in your country? What about the job of a teacher? What are the, uh, the responsibilities that you have to do and stuff like that? So just like seeing if their teaching experience is different from my teaching experience, because back in the day when I used to work in a language school, it was pretty much the same language school but like teaching monolingual classes and teaching English, not Bahasa Indonesia. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. So yeah, I, I just like it. I like the process of learning things. That's reason number three, just the pleasure when I have to think, when I uh, formulate a thought, um, you know, clumsy though it may seem, I still manage to get my idea across with little language I know. But it's fun. It kind of, you know, you feel like, yes, I ticked off this box. I got myself understood. So I like it. Um, Reason number four, it's respectful. And um, I don't know, people appreciate it. It makes such a big difference when you use the local language. Speaking of which, that brings us to reason number five, which is validation. Ladies, no one applauds me when I speak English. No one's one is impressed that I'm speaking English. But when there was the other... um, But you want to be applauded, right? Like, you deserve that. Social validation is fun. I mean, like, I remember we went to, um, we were uh, traveling in some area and there was like a fancy hotel and we wanted to see if there is like some place we can get food. We basically got lost. And the only place we could go was this hotel. And I was like, we were walking there and they asked me in Indonesian thinking that I wouldn't be able to answer. And they asked me like, where are you going? And I tell them, we want to eat. Is there a restaurant? They're like, oh my God, you said <laughs> Let's get the golf cart and like transport you right to the restaurant. So you know, I got this. I, I, I was so happy. They appreciated like shocking people. I like shocking mm-hmm. people. I also like five stars <laughs> on my taxi app. Yes, because I talk to taxi drivers and they tell me, "Fantastic, you get five stars from me." Oh, <laughs> it's so much. Oh fun. yes, so it's actually a profit. <laughs> the benefit that you get there. Incidental benefit. Yes, yes. It sounds like I'm a very vain person, but it, I mean, it feels nice when people praise you for the minimal effort that you were making. I mean, it feels good. It does feel nice. I think it's like one of the reasons we all here speak in foreign languages because it feels nice. Like, okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait a second. It feels nice, but nobody, as Yura mentioned, nobody has ever applauded me for speaking English. And I basically only speak English. No, thank you. No pity applause, please. No pity applause. But no, I understand where you're coming from. And Yura actually sounds like a student who who asks lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm well, mingling with the teachers and I'm mingling with the students. I'm like, 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I am very active. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> like some sort of a social butterfly. That's true. I like mingling with people, but yeah, generally I do, especially if it's like in a foreign language. My Russian speaking self is not that sociable. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, I'm just gonna lay in my bed forever. But it's like a shield, right? You like you just feel more confident in a foreign language. Yes. One hundred percent. Yes. Well, that's true. That's true. So yeah, validation, respect, people appreciate it. People say thank you very much. And I think it also comes from like I don't know, just looking back at at history, you know, of Indonesia. And uh, now there are people who are actually making an effort and learning their language out of respect. I, I think it means a lot to people and it's such a great language to learn. I absolutely love it. So, yeah. And I feel it's just uh, in every country, if you come there and you yeah live there, kind of exploit their culture a little bit, uh, it's uh, just... Yeah, respectful gesture to at least speak some phrases over there and yeah, give the flavor back. People appreciate it. I, I've noticed the difference it makes when you make an order in Indonesian, when you text people asking questions in Indonesian, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it shows, it shows. Um, it's convenient because sometimes, I mean, you know, when you travel somewhere, you can't expect people to learn the language, uh, to know the languages that you happen to know. Sometimes people don't speak the languages that you speak. And uh, yeah, I, we we found ourselves in a couple of situations when me being able to speak a little bit of Indonesian helped us. So, I mean, it's just like pragmatically a nice thing to do. It challenges my perception um, about languages because I don't know, ladies, if you would agree with me, but like we look at, I, I, I think you would agree with me because you kind of compare the languages that you subsequently learned through the uh, with the language that you learned first and i would do the same thing with like english i would compare english to indonesian or indonesian to spanish and i would think to myself well that's a, a an easy language to learn because there are no tenses there are no tenses no conjugations and stuff like that but then i thought to myself well why do i label it as easy i'm so tied to this tense aspect you know system that english has and Spanish has. And then I kind of label a language that doesn't have that as simple, when in reality, there are things which absolutely blow my mind. For example, in Indonesian, there are two uh, pronouns for us. There is us, including all of us. So like, for example, all of us are recording a podcast. And then there is us, which includes you. For example, I can say, Ksusha and I had a Zoom call yesterday. And I would use, in English, I would still use us. And I would imagine in Spanish, you would still use um, what do you would you use us? Nosotros. Nosotros <laughs> for all the cases, right? German. I w- I don't know about German. Is it the yeah. same? Yeah. So, and it's if you think about it, it makes sense to have two pronouns for that because it's two very different concepts. Us, mm-hmm. all of us, or just us, a part of us, excluding the listener. And when I first, you know, encountered this, it absolutely blew my mind that actually I need to take this into account. And then it kind of dawned on me, how on earth would I call any language simple? I'm so used to seeing the language through the prism of tense, aspect, passive and stuff, and then regular, irregular. But then I thought, no, this is the wrong way to see the language. So I I love that it challenges my perception of the language that I'm learning, the language that I'm teaching, languages in general. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. 
the, the last one is that it helps me, but I kind of talked about that. It kind of helps me to like unlock some of the content that would otherwise be locked for me just because I know the language. I can listen to some music. I can read some things. I can watch some videos. Yeah, of course, everything can be translated, but like, it's like using a pry bar on the door instead, <laughs> instead of the, you know, the key, which kind of, you know, fits neatly and nicely into this little door. So yeah, of course you can access all sorts of things, but still being able to access it the way it was created, there is a certain, I don't know, a certain kick that I get out of it as well. So these are my reasons for learning. English. I actually really love the thought about kind of boxing the languages that you learn into the box of the first one that yeah. uh, you got. That's, uh, yeah, I think it's the concept to think about because I always compare Spanish to English and I, I'm always fascinated when it fits in the same box and I'm always surprised when it doesn't. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so yeah that's actually a really, really interesting one it makes learning languages interesting because you don't face uh, same stuff every time you learn a new language mm -hmm. right that's true amazing exciting true and all the culture uh, aspects of the language is also like a wow effect is um, always good <laughs> yeah it's always there that's true mm -hmm. So we agree with you totally. Yes, very <laughs> nice reasons. You're you're Thank doing you. that from a good place. <laughs> this one, yes. Finally, unlike <laughs> other yeah. things in life, yes, this is the one. But still, if you it's think a about balance, it, always a balance. No, like, no. If you think about it, like socializing and convenience, I don't know. It it can be seen as egoistic, right? I mean, I'm doing that for. for my own purpose. But I guess like everything we're doing in Zagaista. Sure. Something for me to talk with my therapist <laughs> after our podcast. Yeah. Okay. So I recorded a podcast with other teachers and now I'm depressed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really recommend that was a good experience. <laughs> yeah. That's good. We are talking about things. If you think about it, language is like, uh, Ksusha, I think you said it on one of the podcasts. Like it's it's deeply intertwined with psychology, with the concept of self. And of course, when you kind of scratch beneath the surface, there's so much more than just talking about the languages. I mean, a lot of things unfold when you start talking about things. Your motivation, mm -hmm. your priorities. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's all there. Waiting. Yeah, sure. Uh, one of my teaching beliefs is that uh, you remember and you learn more when you yeah, reflect it on yourself and everything, every vocabulary, every, I don't know, grammar that you come across, True. you need to get through that lens of uh, yeah, re reflection uh, for you. And actually, I see that in the students of mine, then I ask them some questions uh, using anything that we learned. And they are reflected, like self-reflexing questions. They're like, oh my God, I have never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely. Uh, it's for me, uh, yeah, I just understood that. Uh, for me, learning languages is also about understanding myself better. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's actually, I think, can show the different sides of your personality through through lens of different languages. So I see some of my sides in Spanish, I see some of my sides in English. And uh, I think uh, you also saw something new from Indonesian. Definitely. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of socializing, <laughs> uh, sorry for, for that question, but where can we find you? Would you share with us your some links? Absolutely, yes, yes. Uh, you can find me everywhere. Look under the bed, I'm there. <laughs> no, like, okay, I, I, like, okay, we don't need to know that side of your relationship, girls. I told you to stay secret and not share well, it. Cut it out, don't worry. We have the editor. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Kat. Um, yeah, it's Cup of LT. Uh, I blog about English language teaching. I blog about my uh, language learning. I blog about things that work in my classroom, things that don't work in my classroom. So if you are a teacher, uh, check my social media out. I would be happy to meet you over there. Yeah. Thank you very much. See you. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you so much. Great. Yes. Thank, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>